Welcome to this week's edition of Butters on Books. Um, I'll be discussing the reads that I've uh, had so far in December. Um, I will hopefully have a food recommendation. I don't have one right now, but hopefully I will think of one. Um, And I'll be recommending some TV and film. Hello, welcome to Butters on Books this week. Um, I hope you're all keeping well. Um, I don't know where you are listening from in the world, but at the moment um, in the UK, we have various degrees of lockdownness. I am in kind of the middle degree of lockdownness, um, so I don't really get to see any of my friends at the moment except over video. Um, and again, I'm sure everyone's in a similar situation where quite a lot of my work is now via video and via computer so it just means I'm on technology quite a lot so um, it's starting to wear a little thin for me but I do want Covid to go away so you know it has to be done but it's just one of those things particularly at this time of year where you're used to seeing friends or going to Christmas markets or you know just feeling festive or getting excited for some time off work if you don't celebrate Christmas and you know it's just one of those things where you can't get quite as excited so Um, I hope everyone is doing well and hopefully um, we can get feeling, if not uh, totally happy uh, and, you know, at peace with everything, at least excited um, for reading, which is is what we're all here for. So, um, so far in December, I have read several books um, because I am trying to read books by my favourite authors. Um, I've read uh, one, two, three, four, four since we last uh, had a podcast, so I'm going to try and do them weekly, but who knows if I'll keep this reading streak up. Hopefully I do, and I get to my reading goal. I'm on 48 out of 60 at the moment, so I've got 12 books left, which is um, it's going to be interesting. Um, but I have read four so far, so I will let you know about the four that I have read. Um, the first one that I read of the month, um, my favourite author being Tavo Pratchett, I read Masquerade, which was the next book in the series of Discworld. Um, I had hoped to get a little bit further in Discworld this year, but I didn't. Um, but um, Masquerade is based around a girl called Agnes, who um, goes to Ankh-Morpork to make her fortune, and she decides that opera is the way forward. Um, and then there's this kind of absolutely perfect, wonderful girl called Christine, who's very beautiful. Um, and Agnes is quite a large girl who um, has an amazing singing voice. Um, so they get her to sing for Christine. Um, In the background, Granny Weatherwax and Nanny Og are trying to um, get a third witch because Magrat is now married to Veronese, which is a spoiler from earlier books, so apologies. Um, So, yes, they basically go to Angmorpok to try and bring her home, or not, as the case may be. Um... So it is um, a really good one. I loved it. It's one of the witches ones. It's probably one of my favourite ones that I've read recently. Um, I would say that it was fun. It was very topical. Like it is based around Phantom of the Opera. So it is. Uh, that's one of my favourite musicals anyway. So I got all of the sort of jokes in it. Whereas if you haven't watched or know the story of Phantom of the Opera, you're probably not going to find it as funny. Um, I would say... You could read it as a standalone. Um, I would probably recommend reading the other witches ones before it, but you could probably read Masquerade as a standalone. Um, it's just funnier if you know who Nanny Nock and Granny Weatherwax are. Um, 
I definitely gave it five stars. I really enjoyed the way it flowed as a book. I felt like it was a really easy read. Um, and I felt that out of all the ones that, again, I've read recently, um, so, for example, I read Interesting Times, Soul Music, Men at Arms, Wintersmith, Hatfler Sky last month. Um, I'd say Masquerade's probably the, the easiest one to read out of all of those. Um, so I would definitely recommend that for a Terry Pratchett novice. Um, the next book I read was A Christmas Carol, so I read it every year. Um, the Folio Society, which if you've never been on it, is a book website that does really lovely editions of, of particular um, books. Um, and I got the Folio Society Christmas Carol because I don't have a nice copy of it. I just got like a rubbish paperback. Um, and don't get me wrong, I normally love paperbacks. I'm actually not much of a hardback person, but I've read it so much that it's it's sort of not, it is not that pages are always coming out of it sort of thing. So um, I read it every December because I love it. And I read it in about three hours. It's such an easy, quick read. The illustrations in the Folio Society one are brilliant. I loved it. Um, and basically, if you haven't read Christmas Carol, it's the story of Ebenezer Scrooge, who is a old miser in the Victorian era. And basically, he is visited by three spirits who try to get him to accept Christmas and what Christmas is really about in his heart and I absolutely loved it um I still love it I read it every year it's one of my favorite Christmas stories because I it's spooky but not spooky and I love the transformation in Ebenezer it kind of makes you feel good at Christmas um and I really enjoyed it so I, I gave that five stars I'd always recommend reading that around Christmas time it does just make you feel very festive um and again if you don't celebrate Christmas it's one of those stories where it just basically shows you that it it doesn't pay to you know be only see your own life and be so self-centered um and it really encourages you to think how you could help other people um with you know some small acts of kindness i guess so it's it's just a really nice read so again i would really recommend christmas carol the next book i read was called tolkien treasures um by kathmin mcclawain mcclawain it's a very strange last name that i've never heard of and probably should have looked at how to pronounce before i did this recording but i didn't so we're just going to have to live with the pronunciation that i've given you um and basically i went to um a little while ago there was a tolkien exhibition at the bodleian library in um oxford um actually it wasn't in the bod but it was um, put on by the bodleian library and it basically showed you some of the original sketches and drawings that tolkien did um when he was first creating um the lord of the rings and the hobbit and the silmarillion particularly um and i really enjoyed tolkien treasures because it takes you through tolkien's life and works um so basically he started off with essentially the silmarillion um because he created the language or, well, the two types of Elvish that he created first, and then he needed a sort of a world for them to live in. So he created the law for the Silmarillion, but then he created the Hobbit and he tied it in, and then he created Lord of the Rings, which then tied in even more. Um, and it showed you some of his original watercolours that he did, because he was a really keen artist as well as a... Um, you know, obviously a really great writer and a really great academic. Um, it also showed you some doodles that he did of eventual patterns that made it into 
some of his books um, on newspaper clippings, which was really lovely. And we saw some of the original ones in the exhibit. Um, it shows you some of the original maps that he drew of Middle Earth and about how they all kind of changed places. Like there's one where he keeps scrubbing something out and you can see he's crossed it out and going, no, it's not there, it's there. And it was really interesting to see that. Um, and then it has um, kind of watercolours of the Father Christmas letters that he wrote his children and, um, you know, of various things, um, some things just from his life um, that was really interesting and, and lovely to look at. And it, it didn't, it's not a long read, but if you are a fan of Tolkien um, or even if you're just a fan of the films, it's a really nice companion because it just tells you a little bit more about the author. And I wouldn't say you'd have had to read the books to really appreciate it, um, but you would have to have some sort of interest in Tolkien and Lord of the Rings to want to pick it up. Um, but it is really lovely because it just shows you the mind behind Middle-earth. And I really love his artwork. It's very unusual in certain regards but it's it's really beautiful um and I really enjoyed it so I gave that five out of five stars and I, I would really recommend picking it up um if you have the interests that I have aforementioned um and last but not least at the moment uh what I've read is the art of the witcher a Gwent gallery um basically what I did is I when I was playing the witcher I just couldn't get Gwent like I found it really difficult to understand what the rules were um and then I watched um somebody called Witcher George on YouTube who basically um plays the Witcher um like does a whole playthrough of it and I I started watching his playthrough when I got to the end because I didn't want to spoil anything for myself um so I started to watch his playthrough I didn't watch his blood and wine till after I finished blood and wine which is one of the expansions um but basically one of the things that he is really good at is Gwent so I watched him I then realized how to play it and learned how to play it and then I really enjoyed playing Gwent in the game um, I then was just scrolling through Facebook and you know when Facebook just sort of like hears things that you were talking about and you're like oh god there's an advert there you must have heard me say this or known that I looked at this or whatever it was well it was these beautiful plates that came up that were like witcher themed and I was like oh my god I love the drawings on these and it was like this is the drawing from Gwent cards and I was like like hell it is I've never seen half of these like this, these drawings are amazing like they're nothing like the Gwent cards in the game and then number one I realized that there was another game called Gwent um that you can just play and I was like oh my god that's amazing so I've downloaded that I haven't tried playing it yet but I think it might be amazing um and it's basically artwork for all the the Gwent cards um they've created for this game and it's oh, so beautiful because it's by CD uh Red Project and it's by um dark horse comics who also i think did hellboy yes i'm just gonna double check um but basically i love the artwork anyway um and then dark horse comics um is, is, is kind of one of my favorite comic book genres yes they did do hellboy um that makes me very happy because i i love hellboy comics and i was like i'm 100 sure they're they're dark horse um but they also a dark horse also did like a witcher collection of graphic novels as well which i'm really excited to read um but basically i saw it on amazon for like 11 pounds and i was like mm, i really want it um and it, i didn't realize it was like an a3 book as well it's like a coffee table book i was like oh okay <laughs> but it was so amazing so 
for those of you that don't know, within the Witcher game, um, or particularly the Witcher 3, um, there is a game called Gwen, and it's just a card game. Um, and basically different cards do different things, and you can play as different factions. So you can play as the monsters, um, you can play as the Northern Realms, which includes Temeria, Aiden, um, Redania. And then you've got a Skoatel, which is um, kind of non-humans who feel really persecuted by the humans. And you can play as them. They're particularly, they're normally elvish, but you do get some dwarfs in there as well. Um, and then you've got Nilfgaard. Um, which is kind of like the empire that's trying to take over the continent. Um, you have Skellige, which is, um, I guess, like the pirates of the continent. Um, but Skellige is probably my favourite. And then you have kind of special cards or neutral cards. And then you'll have um, kind of, well, the special cards I mentioned, so things that will do things um, for you. I'm sure that's it. So it's, yeah, Northern Realm, Skirtel. Skelliger, Nilfgaard monsters. Um, and so basically it explains not only the cards, but how the cards relate to each other. So I learned about quite a few characters that I hadn't um, really known a lot about before um, or how they related to everything. Um, and because I've only played The Witcher 3, I haven't played The Witcher 1 or Witcher 2, it, it helped me get a better picture of some of the characters from Witcher 1 and Witcher 2 and I really enjoyed it because The Witcher is probably something that I am getting more into but I, I've not fully nerded out on it yet so like Game of Thrones I'm like full nerded out on um, and I've got all the books, I've read all the books, I love all the books um, but I, except Fire and Blood which I'm going to try and read in December so shh don't get on your high horse, Charlotte. Um, but I am just getting into the, the world of The Witcher and I think the game has really helped me get really excited about it because I really liked the TV series. I had to watch it twice because the first time I watched it, I was like, huh? Because I didn't understand the time aspect of it. And then I watched it again and I thought, oh, okay, I, I actually quite like this world and the way it's built. And then I played the game and fell in love with the world and now I'm just trying to devour any content about it and if you are new to The Witcher and you do like playing the the video game um I would really recommend this book it is so good um like the artwork is amazing they explain why they made certain artistic choices and they basically explain how some of the characters relate to each other and they always use a quote from the books or the games about each character which I loved it's just such great attention to detail it's a huge book um and so yeah I gave that five stars I thought it was really good um for fans of the the Witcher and I really enjoyed it it wasn't one I was intending to read actually um in December but I just was like I got it and as soon as I got it I was like oh god I'm gonna have to read this um, so yeah, I really, really loved that five stars from, from me. So it's really good because I've got, uh, four five star reads under my belt at the moment in December, which is great. I don't often get that lovely streak, but I suppose I am reading books from my favorite authors. So what can we expect? Um, the next few books I'm hoping to read are, I'm going to read my manga Shakespeare, The Merchant of Venice. Um, I started trying to to read it. Um, I have to admit that I'm very, very naughty and I'm recording this at half 11 at night and uh, my eyes could not focus on the book anymore. So I was like, oh, but I'm not quite ready to go to bed, hence why I am recording the podcast. Um, so I'm hoping to read that. I'm hoping to read 
um, some M.R. James, Ghost Stories of an Antiquary. Um, and then I'm hopefully going to be able to listen to Nosferatu or um, Cuckoo's Calling. Um, the problem is, is I started le- re-listening to Nosferatu by Joe Hill. I'm on a, and it was like two minutes in and I already got really freaked out. So I can't listen to it um before I go to bed at the moment I'm getting up quite early because I'm um doing my my walking for my Mount Fuji challenge that I mentioned last time and um it can be quite dark and quite foggy and I don't want to listen to a spooky book when I'm doing that so yeah I'm probably not gonna listen to that just yet and maybe try and do it nearer the time at Christmas when I might actually see people and be around people um yeah that's gonna happen um, and then um, I'm kind of hoping to do uh, those books next and hopefully I will be bringing another podcast out next week. Um, I had meant to get this out on Monday, but I'm working a funny road trip work at the moment where I work Tuesday to Saturday. So I'm recording this on a Tuesday. And so this is my Monday. So I was like, it's fun. It's coming out at the beginning of the week. And then by the time I upload it, it'll be Wednesday. So it will be coming out midweek. So apologies for that. Um, but that's what I'm hoping to do next. Um, for my recommendations this week, I um, have a couple of recommendations for film. So I watched the new Mulan uh, film on Disney+. Plus. Um, first off, we used the Disney group function where basically you join a group and you stream it together. So the film will start at exactly the same time for both of you, which when I've been trying to do movie nights with other friends, it's been an absolute nightmare to try and sync up. But it's so easy on Disney+, Plus, um, which is great because it's the first time I've used it. Um, I really enjoyed it in the end at the start because it's so different from the original Mulan. I was like, oh, I hate it. And I'll just be like, oh, it's not the same. And you know, they've put other characters in and they've taken other characters out. And I was like, this, I don't like this at all. Um, and you basically just have to accept that it's called Mulan, but in fact has not a lot of... The core plot is the same as the original and everything else is different. And you have to accept that and just go in with an open mind. And it was a good film. I enjoyed it. I would watch it again, but I, w- I don't think I would have a strong desire to watch it again after I watched it I had a strong desire to watch the original and I don't know what that tells you but I did have a strong desire to watch the original however I did think it was like beautifully done in terms of the fight choreography was amazing the kind of witchcraft element in it which hopefully isn't a spoiler because it happens in the first few minutes but there is definitely witchy elements to it um was really fun and um the army guys that she was with were adorable and I loved them and I thought they were really good um and the love interest was really sweet it's not Li Shang but it's fine um so I did enjoy it and I would definitely recommend watching it but also just don't go in with a it's going to be the same as the original because it's really not. So new Mulan. Um, in terms of TV series wise, um, I haven't really been watching anything new. I've been kind of, I don't know whether it is lockdown, but I've been finding that I just want to read like comfortable books and watch comfortable things at the moment that I've already watched. So that makes me feel a bit lame because I'm not really watching anything, any new content. Um, so I've rewatched Kingdom recently, which if you have not already, you should watch because it's great. But I have gone into a lot of detail about that. Um, I think just an, another TV show that I um, kind of have historically 
really enjoyed and I know is on Netflix is um, the TV series Merlin, um, which I think everybody has probably watched. But it's it's just one of those things I think it's just a nice, easy watch. And it's definitely for kids um, and definitely isn't for my age group. But I have a lot of nostalgia with it because I remember watching it when I was at school and then watching it when I was at uni. And we all used to watch it at uni, um, particularly because it was filmed in Wales and I went to uni in Wales. Um, so I would recommend watching that if you like a good, lighthearted family fun um, based on Arthurian legend, which is great. Um, so I would recommend watching Merlin if you haven't already. It is on Netflix now. Um, in terms of food, so... Um, I think this might be the week where I may have run out of food recommendations. Um, I mean, I've been cooking a lot of, um, I guess, like leftovers meals at the moment. Um, but I think one of my favourite things that I'm, I do at the moment is like a special fried rice. Um, it's not a actual recipe. It's just something that I do and I don't know whether anybody else would find it nice. Um, but I basically boil off rice or microwave rice depending on what rice you've got. And then I'll stir fry basically any veg that I've got in the fridge. So I will do, well, in my most recent one, I did carrots, peas, broccoli, um, green beans, um, pepper and onion. And I fried all that off um, in just some olive oil and some salt. And then I put in a shed load of soy sauce. Um, there's stir fried rice in with it. And then put in some, I had beef strips. So I put in some beef strips. Um, and it's just a really nice, healthy, quick meal. Um, kind of took me, I think, about 15 minutes to do everything from prep to cooking to done. Um, and it was it's delightful and I love doing that I love kind of anything that's nice and quick and easy and feels a little bit healthier which is great um and so I've been doing that recently um I also make a banana bread where I put lemon in it and I just did it because I had lemon and I was like banana and lemon goes right um and then when I told my mum she was like that's mental um, why have you done that? And so I put it in and we tried it and it was really nice. It gives you like a banana and a lemon flavour. Um, so that's the thing I will give you a recipe for. Well, thank you so much for listening to Butters on Books this week. Hopefully I will be back again next week where we can go over what I have been reading by my favourite authors. Um, I hope you are keeping really well and that you're staying safe. And um, I hopefully will uh, have you back at Butters on Books soon. So um, let me tell you how to make this banana bread then. Um, so right as I'm doing this, um, somebody started to do something outside. I think it's leaf blowing. Um, it's really late at night, so I don't know why someone's leaf blowing. Um, it's quite creepy, but we're just going to move on from that and hope that it's normal. So with the banana bread, I doubled the recipe for when I made it. So um, I it's normally 75 grams of self-raising flour, 75 grams of butter. Um, I used Marge. 75 grams of caster sugar two small eggs, two small bananas, and if on hand or available, lemon and a handful of blueberries. So I doubled all the ingredients. I used two medium eggs rather than two small eggs. I used three medium bananas and I used um, a whole juice and zest of a lemon. Um, and then I put in a handful of blueberries as well. Um, 
the process, um, I did it all in one and it turned out fine. But normally what you would do is sift the flour into a bowl of its own. Cream the butter and sugar until they are light and fluffy. Beat in the eggs singly, adding a tablespoon of flour with each. Blend the bananas. Keep one back to place whole slices in the cake. I did not do that. Mix them in to the butter and sugar and then fold in the remaining flour. Transfer to the well-buttered tin. Cook at 180 degrees for 20 minutes and then reduce to 160 for the remaining 20 to 25 minutes. Um, I always find that I need to extend the cooking time, but that is because I always double the mixture. So, makes sense. Maths. 